Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. Welcome to another fun-filled episode of Black Opinions Matter, motherfucker. My name is Amin Alhassan. I'm joined, as always, by Black Trey and Big Jerv. Uh, got a lot to get to today. We've got the season finale of Atlanta, question mark, or the season finale of Brown Mirror, as Mari likes to call it. Don't know. Uh, we got a, I guess the good news is we've got a character-centric episode. Nah, we'll talk about it. We'll also talk about... This uh day, this week it was the 50th birthday of Christopher Wallace, aka Biggie Smalls, aka the Notorious B.I.G., aka the greatest rapper of all time. We'll also talk about Justin Tinsley's book about the greatest rapper of all time that, that just came out in stores. Justin couldn't be here today because he's too busy doing a book tour. Oh, look at me! I'm Justin Tinsley. I'm on Good Morning America. I don't have time for old bomb. The show that that inspired this whole thing to begin with, but no, we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about. Oh man, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna do it. I, I supercharge it. I ain't gonna do that to my man. It's funny, but I ain't gonna do it to him. But first, oh, we also we're gonna talk about Trey. We're gonna talk to Trey, about Trey's weekend. Trey was out here tiger hooding it up, and I could sense the jealousy off of Jerv. Not because Trey was golfing, but because Trey had the fit top to bottom but first www.patreon.com slash count the dings it's where you get all the excess uh content that we put out there i'm talking about the bomb overflow episodes we're doing we own this city 
boy, that episode four was tough, and we'll be revealing it and reviewing it on the bomb overflow on Tuesday when you catch this. So make sure definitely you are subscribed on that. Also, we do the watch-alongs. Apologies for last week. Zach and I had to do radio, so we couldn't do our watch-along uh, for the movie Lawnmower Man. We're going to be doing it, uh, I believe, this upcoming week. So be on the lookout for that email there if you're Patreon. But if you're not a Patreon, www.patreon.com. Sign up. Make sure you're getting this content, getting it in your, you get alerts in your inbox. You don't even have to worry about checking our Twitter or any of that stuff. It comes straight to you. Make sure you're part of that. Trey, you went golfing. Is that your first time golfing? Third. Third time golfing. Third Third time time in the last, what, last year, last 10 years? (sighs) No, last year, honestly. Yeah, it's been a year. Not even a year, probably like eight, eight, nine months. And uh, so how did you get into golfing? Um, so I actually was trying to hoop, man, and my body just was not responding how I wanted to respond. Obviously, I'm still coming off a broke leg. Um, so, um, I couldn't really do what I wanted to do. And it was just kind of like, I was in pain. Um, and you know, you still want to be active and and that's not the way that you want to like be walking kind of crazy. So I decided to, uh, you know what I mean? Go out there and choose golf instead of everything else. I actually looked into tennis, tennis too. I just don't. Is golf like? Does that satisfy like an athletic urge for you? I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, it does. It's competitive. I think it's um, it teaches. It's a teachable moment. But once you kind of get at least decent at it, I think it's it's fun because you're competing and it has like that same same drive. Um, very lengthy. Like I was on the course yesterday for about five hours. Um, yeah, it's your day. Eighteen holes. So um. Yeah, no, it was it was definitely one of those things, but it was a lot of trash talk. I mean, I'm in Queens, Wild's Hood, and um, you know me, I'm I try to not think racist, but then I also look at love. And there was one dude that rode by, he pulled up in the cart and was like, "Lower your socks, you might play better, but you look terrible out there." And I'm like, <laughs> "Damn." <laughs> I don't know if I should be laughing because that might be racist, but that was might funny. be racist, but but I, I, I will accept it as great trash talk above racist. It might be racist. That's t- true. I took it. I took it as I took it as great trash talk. You know what I mean? But it yeah. caught me off guard because I I didn't talk to this man. I hadn't said anything. I had my supreme socks on. I guess, and that's the thing I've learned. Every I think I think everybody knows how it is, right? There's a a, a swagger or an etiquette for everything on how you should look, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that no show socks when you're wearing shorts is a thing in golf. I hate no show socks showing the ball of my ankles. Like I just yeah, think it's yeah. just kind of the it's kind of the white boy hooper look. Um, but on a course, it's no show. And I didn't do my Googles. I just wore some like mids, crew socks, and just kind of slouched them down a little bit. And it just, I guess, drove every other golfer on the because you could see white socks from afar no matter what you're looking at and niggas is just disgusting <laughs> can, 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 can i be honest with you uh when i saw the clip the first thing i noticed was your socks mm-hmm. i'm not gonna, i'm not gonna lie to you uh i was like damn trey probably should have threw some um ankle jones on i don't even whatever. own ankle socks brother i'm not see, gonna lie see, to you i i, I really don't either 
I love the idea of like Jerv. And now here comes well, let's oh, let's open the lane for Jerv. Golf, <laughs> golf swag etiquette, you know. Jerv, Jerv can't help you with your game, Trey. He can't help you <clears throat> shave some uh some off your handicap or whatever. But what he can do is tell you about your attire. Jerv, please take the stage. So I mean, I, I I I was highly impressed with the attire. You know what I mean? Uh, Trey had everything rocking as far as, you know, he had the polo. It was tucked in, I believe, right? You had the yes. cargo. You had like some th – those would be considered cargos, correct? They're golf cargos. Or, no, yeah. or, those khaki, or those khaki shorts. I felt well, like they were khaki shorts. So they're noted as – the title is golf cargo. There's no cargo, mm. but there's a, zip, there's a zip pocket for my ball and tee. Okay. Okay, so then no, so we're wearing the right we were wearing the right shorts, and then you had the you know you had the you didn't come out with which I see a lot of African Americans come out with in, in the early stages of golf. You didn't come out with the fitted hat on. You came out with the proper golf hat, you know, and you had you know like it was it was so Trey was cool, but then I looked down, and then I was like, oh, okay, I've been there, right? The socks, you know, the socks was way too high. You know what I'm saying? Listen, bro, we 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 gotta do. I don't do the no shows. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't do no shows, but you gotta do the ankles. You know what I mean? And then you know the 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 shoe, the shoe, very impressive, very I mean, impressive. What was the shoe? What I mean, was the shoe? I wore Nike. You know, Humira Terra. You know what I mean? Terra Humira. And it's a it's a trail shoe, but I'm at a public course, which everyone's wearing shoes. Not everybody was you know soft cleated up. So I didn't care about that too much. Shout out to my folks at Adidas uh, Golf who's getting me lit, by the way. Um, so I'm not – my package just didn't land. The eagle did not land in time. Um, and it also I, – I really wasn't about to, like, let anybody know that I was golfing. I just played mm. – I played well for my third time. I mean, I put it really good. I had yeah, a good, I saw, you. Know, I, saw you. I mean, no, but, you know, my, my chip game is good. My drive is not – I actually hit it like a – I think it was like 17. I hit it over mm. the pond, right? And that's very fucking hard. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So like getting certain things, it was a teachable moment, but it was a lot of times like I'm so competitive that I would have fucking Bo Jackson the club over my knee. But but you know what's funny, Trey, is watching you, you look comfortable out there. Like I wouldn't have guessed that was your third time ever playing golf. Mm -hmm. I know I don't look like when I – Whenever I'm like playing golf or try to play golf, which is almost never, but like when I'm playing putt putt, I guess would be the closest thing. I I look awkward. I look like someone who's never done this shit before, and so you you actually look like yeah, man. Like I know what I'm doing out here. Like I couldn't tell by the video whether you were trash, like, or you were like killing it out there or not. Other than the one where you uh you uh you put yeah, no, it I'm in. Very I'm very honest with everybody. I mean, and everybody's been like words of encouragement. Even when I was leaving the the course, because I we we golfed with my friend, mutual friend. I mean, Kelly. Kelly golfs. Yeah. So Kelly Shout took to me Kelly out Bo. there, and you know, she's probably the only person I know that would be patient with me. You know right. what I mean? Like I I golfed with my landlord before, and he was just so frustrated with me. Like, bro, like, like how did it get impatient? Like. Well, I mean, you know, you're you're trying like I kept hitting the top of the ball when I golfed with him, right? right. You want to get under, you want right, right. to kind of kind of get yeah. scoop it, right? And also, sometimes my habits were like going like baseball instead right. of keeping my arm straight. And now I used to play baseball, so that's a bad habit. 
that you right. kind of have to eliminate. So when you're learning the game, you want to learn it the right way and not pick up bad habits, you right. know, because it's just like shooting a jumper wrong. And like, yeah. now I'm trying to make the pros and I got this nasty but, form. But you know, what's funny to me is that I've played basketball with people who don't play basketball before, like friends of mine. And when you do, like, we all know, all right, like, let that motherfucker shoot or whatever. Like, uh, ha, ha, mess around a little bit. Don't go too hard. You just kind of go to the floor. I don't understand why golfers are like, oh, oh, this nigga doesn't know how to play. Like, well, nigga, you knew I couldn't play when we came out here. That wasn't yeah. no secret. I didn't tell you I was fucking nice at this shit. And then all of a sudden, I'm fucking shit in the bed. So, like, I think, I it's, get... I think the problem is, especially while we were out there, it's because you have a tea time. And there's constant people behind you and you have yep. to keep up with the pace of the course. And it's like, it's not like free grass. Like in Arizona, I think you can just, you know how you'd be driving around like Hayden or one of those yeah. random streets and you see people just golfing a free yeah. area. Yeah. They don't have that out here. You really have to go to like a public course and you have to follow that. But then they're, they're like, they're expecting people that know how to play to book. So like, even while we were golfing, I wasn't really holding them up, but it was three people ahead of us that were holding us up. And then, of course, the guy drives on the cart. And this is when I felt like a little racial tension because he came to me directly. And I'm like, OK, what's up, bro? I have to wait. I can't hit any further because they're still on the, you know, they're on the course ahead. So we have to wait. You know what I mean? And one time I'm golfing and I'm feeling the pressure of dude just watching me in the cart. And he's like. Slow. He's coaching me up now. And I'm like, bro, like, this is not going to help me, like, hit it any further, right. bro. Like, I'm just trying to learn this shit the possible way. So, like, I'm going to have to go to a driving range and just hit that way to get my drive game right. Or when nobody really out there, which I highly doubt that's going to happen since the weather's starting to get better. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, um, but like I said, I had a great time. Um, I don't get happy about a lot of shit. I was happy. I felt like a little-ass kid figuring out, like, you know, you make your first shot. Yeah. Like I had some moments out there where I was excited. You know what I'm saying? That made me want to go back out there and play. It wasn't like crazy intimidating. And also when I'm trying to learn new shit, I make myself ultra vulnerable and I'm aware that I am a novice to it. I don't never go in thinking I already know some shit and I'm, I allow myself to be teachable. So like, I think that helped Kelly teach me and be patient with me. And, you know, the positive words of like, Forward progress, even if that shit didn't get a hella air, you know what I mean, on the drive or whatever, it was like more so just getting the the, the motion and, and fundamentals of that shit. So like, I mean, for my third time, I got a lot of positive feedback online. I just shared it because I, I thought it was a cool moment for myself. But I, a lot of people were like, oh, you not nice. And I'm like, oh, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, my nigga. I, I didn't never say that. Yo, I, just said, like, I love you us. I, mean? I love us. <laughs> they nah, Yo, we white. can take any it was, moment. It was it was like white people hyped too, oh, but then it was then it was also like a, a a a secret golf community coming out. Like, hey, bro, next time you're in the city, let's golf. And I'm like, for real? All right, nigga, cool. Like, you know I, I'm gonna mm -hmm. tell you right now, man. I took I took golf one semester at ASU, sixteen week semester, and it was supposed to. It starts with like you learning how to hit the ball off the tee, and then it transitions to mid game and then the green and the idea was at the end of 16 weeks uh you could play like nine holes of golf like and know how to handle yourself or whatever maybe not be good but at least know how right 
And the class was probably split. Half the class was motherfuckers that play golf. And so they're like, oh, this is an easy three credits. A, right? And the other half was people like me. Like, yo, I don't know how to golf. But, like, I figure everyone says, like, this is some shit that you should learn. So I'm like, cool, I'll do it. And it was me, a couple of dudes, and some girls, right? And at the beginning, all of us new people were all trash at it, obviously. And the people who play golf were great at it. And as the semester went on, like, people got better, and I just stayed bad. I went the whole 16 weeks. I still didn't know how to hit it off a tee. 16 weeks, bro, of either swinging and missing or hitting the ground and getting, like, fucking electrocuted by hitting <laughs> the ground too hard. And I'm like, this shit sucks. It's a dumbass fucking game. Like, I... I don't understand. They're trying to like give me instruction on my stance, like, oh, do it like you're in a batter's box. Like, I've never fucking played baseball. Well, do it like I'm like, I've never played that sport too. I don't play like I don't know what you're talking about. And it was just, it was just a garbage, garbage, garbage experience. So here's the deal. Usually when I do these ad reads, um, I've never really tried the product until they became sponsors, and then they give us samples, and I try them, and then I endorse them. Uh, I'm not trying to make it seem like it's fake. It's real. I've tried them, and I like them, but it's not like I've ever used these things before they became sponsors. Today's a little different. Credit Karma. I'm telling you right now, I've used Credit Karma to fix my credit, to figure out what the problematic things on my credit report was to pay those things off, uh, to get a loan in order to pay off some of those things, to apply for credit cards, to get credit cards I'll qualify for, to take care of them the right way, and then to make sure I level up. Credit Karma uses your credit data to find loan offers that are personalized to you so you can have a better idea of what loan amount you can get approved for. Credit Karma will even show your chances of approval so you can choose between loan offers that you're more likely to get approved for and apply with more confidence. I've done this, ladies and gentlemen, and it absolutely works. Comparing loan offers on Credit Karma is 100% free, and best of all, it won't affect your credit scores and can save you money. Credit Karma, apply with more confidence today. I am talking to you as someone who has fixed his credit using Credit Karma before they ever paid me to do this stuff right now. That's right. Ready to apply? Head to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see personalized offers. Go to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to find the loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan offers. Do you identify as crypto curious? you've thought about entering the world of cryptocurrency but felt a little overwhelmed coinbase makes learning to buy and sell simple cryptocurrency might feel like a secret exclusive club but coinbase believes that everyone everywhere should be able to get in the door whether you've been trading for years or just getting started coinbase can help coinbase offers a trusted and easy to use platform to buy sell and spend cryptocurrency they support the most popular digital currencies on the market and make them accessible to everyone. They offer portfolio management and protection, learning resources, and a mobile app so you can trade securely and monitor your crypto all in one place. Millions of people in over 100 countries trust Coinbase with their digital assets. Whether you're looking to diversify, just getting started, or searching for a better way to access crypto markets, start today with Coinbase. And for a limited time, new users can get $10 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at coinbase.com B-O-M-M. Sign up at coinbase.com slash B-O-M-M 
for $10 in free Bitcoin. This offers for a limited time only, so be sure to sign up today. That's coinbase.com slash B-O-M-M. But I want to go back to you being told, pull up your socks and play better, or pull down your socks and play better, <laughs> which might be racist, but also is hilarious trash talk. And I want to transition to a story that comes to us from baseball, where Tim Anderson of the White Sox uh, like struck out or something like that. And as he's going, the Josh Donaldson on the other team says some shit like, uh, you'll get him next time, Jackie, meaning Jackie Robinson. Now, backstory, Tim Anderson, who is very much not like a regular baseball player. First of all, he's black, so we could start there. But second of all, he's talked about a few years ago in, a, in an interview how he wants to be the Jackie Robinson of making baseball fun and cool, meaning celebrating and doing bat flips and all the shit that, like, we all, like, look at baseball like, really? Y'all don't do any of that shit? Like, he wants to be the guy that brings that back, so to speak. He wants to be the Jackie Robinson of that. And so Josh Donaldson talking shit after the motherfucker struck out, said, oh, all right, well, you get him next time, Jackie. Which I guess Tim Anderson at that moment got upset, and Tony Larusa, the head coach or the manager of the uh, Chicago White Sox, said it was absolutely racist. And I got to tell y'all that I don't think it was racist. I think it was just great trash talk. I was gonna say if it, if they had a relationship, especially when he mentioned that, uh, and I caught a little bit of riff of it, it was like, um, yeah, they had an insider joke going between those two, right? So like, I think he was just more so frustrated that he didn't have a great game and kind of reacted right, right. how he wanted to react. But like for La Russa, he probably should have stopped La Russa. Like, look, man, I got the best of myself. And like, I'm not that flustered because like we've joked around like this in the past. Um, especially him saying that he wanted, especially him publicly saying that he wants to be the Jackie Robinson of entertainment of baseball. You have to, you have to be able to take it. It wasn't like, Oh, you're the only black player now, but it's just stick at you. You know what I mean? Like he's the only active black player now, and I'm gonna call him, you know, let's get it, Jackie. You know what I mean? But like, well, he's poking fun at it, like, you know what I mean? Like how, basically, how how's that entertainment thing going? <laughs> but also, you know what's funny? I like it took me back to playing pickup ball, and niggas just had like wild ass nicknames for people. Man, there was a dude I used to pick up at Georgia Tech. There was a dude who was a grad student. He was. Eastern European of some kind. We don't know where. The Eastern European of some kind. And it was like 6'2 or whatever. So niggas called him Vladi. And I'm not talking about like, yo, I got Vladi. I'm talking about Vla like they call it Vladi. What's up? Like he showed up to call Vladi. What's good, man? And like that man's name wasn't Vladi. Everybody just called him Vladi, man. Like it's just one of those things, man. Like there's an OG on the court and yeah, kind of bald and we called that nigga World Be Free, man. Like that's just. Like, that's just part of, like, fucking sports trash talk. It's just, like, you fucking call people names, man. And, like, would that shit fly in corporate America? Probably not. But the idea is, like, when you're playing sports, it's a little different. Now, if you say, hey, nigger baby, or whatever, like, okay, that's different. Yeah. That's fucking racist, man. <laughs> but calling people names, like you, call some, like, you call someone short Arnold Drummond. Like, I don't think that's fucking racist, even if you're white and you're saying it to a black guy. You're saying it because it's just fucking. That's how people talk in sports. Am I wrong on this? 
No, I don't think I, I don't think you're wrong on it. What's the funniest shit you ever heard someone get called on the court? Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turned podcast producer. And I'm here to talk to you about Butcher Box. Butcher Box is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. everything funny so i've heard okay, well, some shit so, so give us some shit that's what i'm saying give us some shit oh so somebody and this shit wasn't even funny dog like it was stupid like we're we're in like most of the shit is stupid but it's we're in indianapolis bro like we're playing i'm at this one i'm playing at waldorf and we're on the road and they shut down the entire town for this fucking thing right i think they were like number one and they say hey number four you got number three on your shoes like you don't know how to. You don't know how to read. And I look like what, <laughs> nigga? What does that even mean, right? And then I'm shooting free throws. <laughs> this is another time. It's the second half, and the crowd's like, nigga, nigga. <laughs> and and like my coach is like, he a white coach by the way. He don't even know how to even respond. He didn't pull the players. He let us play through it. But I'm shooting free throws, and I started laughing because I've never dealt with racism. I'm like, yeah, right. bro, like we don't right, be right. dealing with that firsthand shit. But this is Midwest, right, <laughs> right, in right. Indiana, and niggas, I'm bouncing the ball, and niggas, the crowd is like, nigga, nigga. <laughs> and I had to stop while I'm mid dribble. I mean, during my free throw routine, <laughs> you turn and look. We're up like seven, by the way, with like two minutes to go. <laughs> this is not like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not televised. This is like NAIA D1. You know what I'm saying? It's small ball. The game's like, but you know what? I always wonder when, when shit like that happens. Like, what does the other team do? They probably the, rock with it. The, the black, that's that's remember, probably how they think too. I remember it was one black bro on the team. I'm like, bro, how do you even do this shit? <laughs> Like how? Like how? Oh wait, there was a black person on that team. I just assumed it was an all white squad. Nah, 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 nah. It's a black dude. It's a black dude on the team. But like, I'm looking at him like, do you deal with that? You know what I'm saying? But then I also <laughs> had, I also had, I even almost fought for one of the white homies. Um, we played. We went all the way to um, North Dakota, 
And <laughs> even though we don't say black people don't say cracker like that, <laughs> like it's not movies, it's not a thing. Like, it's not a thing we say. But this dude was cooking my man's my man six eight two thirty from San Dimas, California. He like I'm cooking your ass cracker. <laughs> <laughs> We're playing North Dakota State, by the way. This is a this is a hockey nice. school, by the way. Nice. He's yeah. going to work, black dude, power forward, going to work on my on my college roommate and my teammate. He's like my boy. He's like, nigga, I'm cooking your ass cracker. I'm like Loki, and you know how somebody get dunked on? You be like, I'm crying, bro, because he he looks so helpless out there. He's it's like Shaq, Chris Dudley type shit. He's cooking this man like. All, and my coach would not sub him. He would not switch. He just letting that nigga be all slow rotisserie the whole night. He like, yo, y'all better get this cracker off me. Nice. <laughs> and I just sit there feeling hopeless, bro. And he's like, hey, Trey, do you feel like we got back to the house, bro? He's like, do you feel like that? I'm like, nah, bro. I don't even talk like that. <laughs> I'm, like, I, I'm like, honestly, black people ain't even like, we not even double racist. <laughs> I call it double racist because it's kind of like, we hard, it's hard for us to be racist after like our such rich history of slavery. <laughs> and we forgiven as fuck. Like we we probably yeah. the most forgiving. <laughs> I mean, like, I guess my thing is just like I think obviously them some crazy ass racist stories. Not really what I was looking for. <laughs> no, funny, funny nonetheless. But I'm just talking about like them but, funny but, ass. But a little bit of racism is human. <laughs> it. Yeah, I it's funny. Don't get me wrong, it's funny. But I'm just saying, like, like that is clearly racist. It's funny, but it's clearly racist. I'm talking about the shit talk that, like, if it were anywhere else, people would say it's racist. But, like, in the in the context of a basketball court or a football field or whatever, it's just shit talk. Like when uh, what's his, when uh, Montrezl Harrell called Luca a punk-ass white boy. I remember so many people not were racist. like, oh, my God. I'm like, that's not racist. That's just basketball, not racist. man. Like, that's how people talk to each other. And he's white. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I think like any like, playground. Like he didn't even he didn't add a slur to it. Yeah. He just described who he was. He just put punk ass in front of it. Chill, white boy. No, but white boy is taken as offense. It's no, been that way since the beginning not, of time. I know. No, no, no. It's, no, it's not nah. bad. But some people, some people will be like, I mean, I remember watching um, white man can't jump, <laughs> mm -hmm. and he's saying, oh yeah, I got the white boy. I never took that shit as like, oh, I'm disrespecting somebody. Because if you in the hood and you white and you trying to hoop, you're the white boy. Dog, or, a nigga might call you, or a nigga might call you a shooter and they even see you shoot. Yeah. Shooter. <laughs> oh, I got Kyle or Stockton. Uh, or Stockton. Stock, every, every, white, every white point guard that's ever played at any playground in a black neighborhood probably has been called Stockton at some Stockton, point in time. Yeah. Or Mark Price. Mark Price was really popular when I was younger. Yeah, man. Like That's just, that's just some, like, it's not it's not, first of all, it can't be racist because black people can't be racist because racism involves a power dynamic. Too. But other, also beyond that, it's like, it's not even like meant like that. It's just a fucking descriptor. Uh, Jerv, what's some funny shit you've heard on the court? Uh, I mean, I, I've heard the, uh, like from heckling of people of, of like of players on the court. So I, going off of what Trey just said, which is wild, I went to a predominantly white high school. So uh, we were the smarter high school um, than almost all the schools we played against in the Catholic League or whatever the case may be. So, you know, when when they when we played probably more of what I would consider the 
the blacker schools in the Catholic League, uh, there would be a lot of chants that would come from the crowd. Not, uh, when you think about it, it's pro- it's it was racist, uh, but it was it was strategic. It was it was humorous. We would just do like two plus two chants and shit like that. You know what I mean? So like I remember this one time, my man, this guy, I, I I was cool this game. I was cool. My man came back in town or whatever. My man that uh that left the school or whatever the case may be. Uh, he I f- I forget why he left. There was rumors of why he left or whatever. But he came back. He went to another school in the, in the Catholic League. He came back and he played. And like you know, they they had all types of like Fs like printed out Fs and stuff like that, holding up two plus two chance and and like you got kicked out chance and and shit like that. And then it it ended up being a fight at the end. Cause like, you know, he had his people come or whatever. And it was all these white kids with like fucking, uh, you know, preppy prep out. It was a prep school. So all the prep out. You get in on two levels. I chilled. So I, I knew where this was going. I chilled. I chilled or whatever. I didn't know his peoples, but they, you know, they left and, you know, the, you know, the, we, we slapped them, whatever they left. Oh no, that was a close game. He missed the shot to win the game actually. And then like that just sent the kids off and his people were leaving and, you know, the chance kept going and you, you know, <laughs> punk ass white boy probably was said a couple of times and then some fists were thrown and all types of shit. But it was, it, it, those shits were hilarious though. Like I didn't, Think anything of it oh, back then, but it probably was racist, like pure tricks. comedy, bro. Pure comedy. Uh, so, uh, yeah, man. I, like, I don't know. I, I just think that shit is funny to me. I don't really take it to fucking heart like that. But it is what it is. I think there is a difference though between the crowd and a player. Like, I feel like if, as a player, you can say whatever the fuck you want. And as a fucking fan, shut the fuck up because again, that could happen. That's, that's the whole point. It's like. You've got no impact on this shit, but you can have an impact on your face if you'd like. Um, moving on. We're recording this on May 22nd. As we know, the worst day was May 21st. That's when my mama's water burst. That's old Christopher Wallace Biggie Smalls was born on May 21st, 1972. Died March 9th, 1997. 25 years old, a few months shy of his 26th birthday. And here we are. It is a full-ass 50 years uh, since he was born. Kind of crazy because 50 doesn't... 50 seems super old and not old at all at the same time. Um, I think about guys like Shaq is like in his 50s and Jalen Rose and guys like that. And like Biggie's supposed to be their age. And that's kind of wild. Our friend Justin Tinsley wrote a book. It was all a dream. It's out wherever you get books. It's incredible. I started reading it. Um, He did a lot of research. I talked to him when he was doing this project. Um, It is a bunch of stuff. It's not the typical Biggie story that we all hear or seen the, the, the movie or whatever. It is some real, real painstaking research on his childhood on who he was as a person, stuff that you haven't, you can't find anywhere else. So definitely give it a read. It'd be nice if Justin were here to kind of sell his own book. But again, he's too famous. He's got to go do uh, uh, the Oprah show and all that shit or whatever the hell he's got to do. But one of the things, uh, I, I posted a video over the weekend basically saying, 
that uh, taking credit. I said, look, man, it's I feel like it's our conversations on this podcast because uh, who knows? He probably would have wrote a Tupac book or some shit like that. But I would love that. Yeah, no, but he, you know, he wants to sell books though. He wants to sell copies though. <laughs> uh, he wrote he, a biggie book. <laughs> he wrote a biggie book, and he's gonna be successful as a result. Uh, but uh, I was at my barber shop yesterday. My barber was playing some playlist. I'm like, hey man, it's May 21st, bro. You got to put on the playlist. And it's funny. You could pick any random biggie playlist that's out there on Spotify or whatever, and it's like they're all wow. bangers. There's zero skips, man. Ah. And like I'm like, this dude was 24, 25 years old, 23, 24, 25 years old. And this shit was just so fucking complex, man. It's like, how are people, how do like, okay, so Trey, you are the most in tap in tune with the younger crowd than me or Jerv. Like, when they listen to a song like Warning. Are they like, oh my God, this is, does it, do they hear like us the way we hear like Grandmaster Flash? Well, I like to rap and I'm this and that. <laughs> is that what they I hear? I don't think so. I think uh, <laughs> there there's actually some young kids that actually, you know, especially Gen Z kids that like, like rap um, and not, I mean, I don't know if Biggie would be considered rap or hip hop. I don't even know, bro, but there's some people Wait. that, that, there's a difference between rap and hip hop. Absolutely, nigga. It can be gangster rap. It's there's levels to this shit. Um, you know, but like I, I, I like to put there's lyricism too, because Pac was in the lyricism part. You know what I mean? He was in the motivational part. Like that nigga was more so his shit memorable, but like niggas ain't going to this shit like, oh, that nigga said some lyric shit. Biggie shit is like, will fuck you up still to this day. You'd be like, oh, it's like watching a movie when you watch it as a kid, and you'd be like, Damn, okay, I didn't really peak. Now I watched it at my big age. And now, you know what I'm saying? So, like, even going back, I never really loved Ready to Die. But if I listen to Ready to Die now, especially after I read Justin's book, I've been like, oh, okay, I get it. Because the beats, again, like, the beats, that that was that type of beats from then. Yeah, for that, for that era, yeah. For that era, you know what I'm saying? Be- versus, you know, Life After Death. Life After Death is easily my fave because... It was right at that time, like the music was progressing to that yeah. era. Like it was getting to that point. The you know soul what I'm samples think, and the, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and that that yeah. would age now in this day. But I think they rock with it, bro. Like I don't, Look. I don't think it's none that's really looking at it like on some hip hop. Because I can't, I can't fuck. With, listen, KRS One is rightfully so a legend, but I can't fuck with it. I can't fuck yeah, with it. Man. It's like it's like watching the NBA pre merger. I can't fuck with it. I respect them niggas, but nah, I'm cool. So, like, it, it, what it's like? It's like if you show me like a fucking '64 Chevy Impala. Some people like that shit. I'm like, that's just an old ass car with no power steering and no and no fucking AC or whatever, you know. But it's cool. I get it. I respect it. I know what it's about. Whatever. Meanwhile, if you look at it like a Tesla, y'all know the Tesla bodies don't change. So 2015 Tesla looks like a 2022 Tesla. It's just they do software updates. So it's like there's some shit where it's like you can't to me you can't. I'm like I'm listening to fucking warning yesterday, and the part where he says it's the one to smoke blunts with you, see your picture. Now they want to grab the gats to come and get you. Bet your biggie won't slip. I got the calico with the black talons loaded in the clip, so I could rip through the ligaments. 
And like it's like all that shit is so fucking like the because it's to me there's d- different levels. One is like the lyricism of like w- the messaging of what I'm saying, right? Like, am I saying a message? Am I painting a picture? That's one. Uh, like, oh, is the message about uplifting and stuff like that? Is it some gangster shit? Is it some fly shit? Like a fuck bitch shit? Whatever. Okay, that's one. Two is like the delivery, right? Like. Can I use wordplay to make the delivery more clever than just I fuck bitches and I shoot niggas? Like, right? Three is within the wordplay, the fucking playing with the flows and rhythms of again, betcha Biggie won't slip. I got the calico with the black talent loaded in the clip. Like, so I could rip through the link, like all that shit. It's it's like watching a boxer go jab, jab, then the combo, like that shit, right? So there's rappers where, like, they do some of that shit or some of this shit over here. But to me, for my money, it's only a handful of people who do it all. The flow, the the cadence, the fucking messaging, the picture you're painting, the vocabulary, the wordplay, all of that shit, man. Even, like, simple uh, fucking dumbass Biggie lines like... uh, now, who's the real Dookie? I mean, who's really the shit? Right? Like, it's, that's a fucking dumb line. I like that. But it's fucking genius. Exactly. No, like, but, like, at the, but at the beginning, it was one of those, as much as we complain about current, it was one of those ahead of those times. Super like, easy, time. easy, like, oh, he said it. Oh, my God. That's so fucking funny, but also clever. Yep. You know what I mean? That opened the door for these rappers now to say some bullshit. Like Lil Wayne would say some shit like, bitch, I'm the shit like it. Get it? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You're like, okay, that was kind of funny and it stuck with me. So, you know, like lobbying that up and kind of creating that type of flow was dope. I also, I, I also like, oh, did I, was that in our chat with the Cassidy thing? Was the yes. Cassidy thing in yes. our Yes. yes. Okay. So I like that Biggie would fucking drop these crazy lines and like, unlike Wayne, who like mm-hmm, get it, I made a line. Like he doesn't have to point his shit out. It's just, did you catch it or you didn't catch it? Maybe you'll catch it ten years from now. Maybe you'll catch it twenty five years from now. Maybe after I'm dead, you'll catch it, right? Or maybe you caught it the first time. That's how Biggie drops his his fucking punchlines and stuff. Now. I want to transition here. I know it's Biggie's birthday, but like I feel like we do these one, once a year, every year. So y'all get it. Y'all know. It's, you get it. We're going to talk about our favorite songs and our favorite verses and all that stuff. That's all cool. But I do want to talk about this Cassidy shit, man, because that's the funniest shit I've seen in so long. The way this thing, as native son of Philadelphia, you know you're going to have to come to the stage and you're going to have to defend what we saw where Cassidy is almost begging a crowd of very uninterested Negroes to respect his punchlines where he's like where was the one who's like you know I'm married to the Glock da, da, da. And, it, and then later on he's like I go to bed with my wife and then he would repeat that shit over and over again Jerv, what do you have to say for you man I felt real bad watching it because his latter years of his career have not treated him well um, at all um, and I think it sucks because Cassidy was really, really nice at one point in time. 
and he had bangers. He had he had a run where he was constantly on the charts. And but like a lot of artists, he hasn't, he, you know, he had the transition to now has not has not done him any justice. And you know, I don't really think niggas really want to hear all that. That wasn't the he didn't play his audience. You know what I mean? Like that, I don't really think that was the was the was the punchline audience. audience. But who was the audience? Because it was. But well, the lines were trash. Movie. Like there really wasn't. That's an what audience I'm saying. For that shit. <laughs> uh, but I mean that. But that wasn't like that. He he was up there battle rapping, like you know what I mean, kind of sort of like he was doing like that type shit. And that was that looked like it was a fucking press conference. Niggas don't want to hear that, was, that shit at no press conference. That was a weird that was Cosmic thing. Kev, right? That was uh, Cosmic Kev with with all that. Audience, a, right no, there? I think it was no, it's bars I 95. I'm not sure. Bars I 95. Yeah, let me let me play it for the for the Go listeners. Ahead. Hold on. I ball, but I ain't trying to drive a Kia, so I'm running after the green like vegans with diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let, let me play the full one. I, that, that was the one the one liner there, like vegans with diarrhea. Like, and he said that shit. So confidently, like he just fucking killed the game with that one. Hold on, here, here, here it is. All right, shout out to Wayno by the way for posting this. What I'm about to say, but listen, man, I told these niggas it's lonely at the top, but when you at the top, you don't need a loan. <laughs> it's lonely at the top, but when you at the top, you don't need a loan. Fuck a job. I make enough to survive off weed alone. I'm married to the ratchet I carry. I never leave a home. And every night I sleep with my wife. I never sleep alone. I'm married to the ratchet I carry. I never leave a home. And every night I sleep with my wife. <laughs> Talk, nigga. I'm trying to leave out that deep. Yo, it's 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 painful to watch, man. Because like you could see the zero reaction and the nigga like looking around the crowd searching for one like sympathetic soul to be like, yeah, nigga, I got it. Like, ah, this nigga gets it. But it's not because nobody got it, it's because the bars were whack. Yeah, they weren't it wasn't too complex. Um, I, I caught what he was saying uh, the first time around. You know, what I mean? he didn't need to run it back from me. I, I definitely understood what he was trying to say. I, uh, I can't defend this one. He, you know, sometimes, Trey, sometimes, sometimes you gotta just let you know, let it be known the city fucked up with that one. But Trey, Trey, I feel like Trey, you are always like the the compassionate one. You be seeing the other side of things. Y'all have to remember this, that, and the other. Trey, no, because niggas is really niggas is really barred up right now, bro. And that's not barred up. He's not ransom. He's not stole guy cooks. Like it's some niggas that really got it right now. That really be rapping, rapping. That ain't it, Cash. He not. I don't even think that flies in 05. Because he said Uh, harder. He said harder shit than that in the past. Like him saying he tucking the gat. Like he never uh, uh uh and he sleep with it under the pillow. Like that's not that's like watching a dunk contest and watching a nigga go between the legs right now. <laughs> it wasn't even that though. But Trey, that's not even between the legs. This is like a nigga going up for like a windmill, like a regular ass windmill. Okay. Like, I mean, I'm just saying the only reason why I use the between the legs because like 
niggas is doing so much with between the legs now. Sure, sure, niggas are doing a lot of that shit, but also this nigga was not doing that though. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, even, yes, at, even on at one least level, on one level, the, the the levels have gone up. You're right. The bar levels have gone up, but on another level, like like you just said, like even in 2005, this shit wouldn't be hot, man. Wait, you guys have both have said the bars have gone up. Are We're you trying the battle, to... rap, the battle rappers? We're not talking about like in. Oh, music. okay. Woo. Ooh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> this nigga, man. He got scared me for a second. So, no Cassidy, no help for Cassidy. No no lifelines for Cassidy. Sorry, Cass. Maybe next time. Uh, but, moving on. We get to the Atlanta season finale. Man, that shit called uh, Europe FX. Yeah, it's another episode in Europe. Now we're in France. Uh, Van's friend from the Drake party is out with her homegirls in France. She's explaining how this dude flew her out so she could pee on him. She gets paid six racks to do it. She flew her friends out. They're going to have a good old time, whatever. While they're out there just having some drinks on the sidewalk cafe, she sees Van. Van is wearing a wig and talking in French. And when she talks in English, she has a French accent and she pretends like she's French, pretends at first she doesn't recognize her, then recognizes her and calls her condis. And, and then they go on this wild adventure and it ends up with motherfuckers eating hands at some rich people dinner with Alexander Skarsgård, the dude from True Blood and uh, a bunch of other movies or whatever. And turns out she had like some sort of nervous breakdown and I have so many thoughts. I feel like the hand thing was another brown mirror episode that they try to wedge it in because like we can't have a a whole episode with just a character from the show. But that aside, Jerv, I know you, you on my side on like, it's not that we don't like the brown mirror episodes. It's just like, that's, that's not this show. Um, Do you, did you feel satisfied with an episode that was all about Van? No, because <laughs> okay. I didn't sign up to watch about her. No disrespect. Wow. So you don't consider Van to be part of like the main. No, like- it's not that. Not that. But like she's had nothing really to do with this season outside of like little spots. I felt like she she could have had a spot in the season finale, but the main characters or or the ones that that, that the season finale I feel like should at least involve. It shouldn't just be all a a sub character in in the show that's like fucking that's like the season finale of of uh of sopranos just being all fucking um like carmella uh, yeah yeah like not not even like fucking christopher yeah like carmella or some shit yeah that'd be some mid like nobody wants to see that and then she's beating everybody up with fucking baguettes and shit or whatever, what are, what are yeah. they called? Baguette, yeah. Baguette. She, her friends are about to get, uh, <laughs> they're about to have an orgy with my man from True Blood. Like, it's, it's getting like, like, it's, I don't. Trey, what about you, man? Did you feel like this is a sufficiently Atlanta episode for you, or do you, are you like Jerv? You feel like this is, if it's got to be Paperboy and Urn and, and Darius for you to be an Atlanta episode? My nigga, this shit left me. Like, again, you, you normally dub me as the nice nigga to say, 
<laughs> nice things. I had nothing nice to say about this entire season, bro. Like, I'm so confused. Like, this season of Atlanta is one of those, like, you don't even have to watch, like, episode one to ten. You can pick one at this point. Well, yeah. And I, like, I felt, no like, story. honestly, yep. and I felt, honestly, whether he got, you know, he allowed different writers and different outlooks on different things, cool, whatever, his reach back, he was able to give George Wallace a look. Couple people in there. Shouts to that. But overall, this shit is completely something we did not sign up for for one and two. We enjoyed one and two because we got to laugh. We had relatable content. I feel like it was almost trolling us as the viewers to still tap in and get those numbers still and say, I bet they still watch. You know what I mean? Like, no yeah. matter how it was, you know what I'm saying? And to this point of like, I don't need to think peace. I don't need a deeper moment. Um, I'm black. It's not a teachable moment for me. I te- I tapped into this show originally because it was a black show. You know what I mean? That set, that told black stories that are l- relatable. And now in this situation, it's like he's either poking fun at the experience of Europe or he's poking fun at what has gone on and how to flip the narrative on, you know, white consumers. And whatever it is, I'm not marking him a genius on it. I'm not saying it was like bad or to that point, but it's not for me. And it's probably not for us in general. We continue to give this show our attention more than we should have. Um, and I can't say if it's picked up for a number four that I'm I'm in for it. Wow. They push you to the limit, Trey. Push yeah, I mean, I edge. just think, I mean, it's not it's not a, 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 a heavy loaded show where you got to commit an hour to. I think an hour really is a full commitment 27 to 33 minutes isn't crazy, but like for me to be kind of scratching my head and watching it the whole time was like, all right, my nigga, you feel me? And I, the last time I ever seen that experience where niggas cover their face, and I think he was poking fun maybe at Europe and stuff like that because it reminds me of billions when they ate the bird heads and shit, right? But experience, but they were now actually eating hands and shit, whatever. But Niggas don't do that shit, man. Like, we watching some shit like... Black people was watching that shit like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I feel like every black user was like, what the fuck? Nobody said, oh, how deep that was, where Van didn't even know who she really was. <laughs> I, I, too, relate with that. Like, you got that? Like, living as someone else to get to where you want to figure out? Like, is that the message? But like I'm not watching that for that nigga. Where the funny shit? We here for, you know, uh, the nigga paper paper boy. Uh, who is it? What's his nigga's name? Lejustro. I mean, not just like um, oh Darius. 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 You know what I'm saying? Like we here for them niggas, bro. All this other right. shit. Where we didn't even see how the niggas became famous. I mean, I don't care if he made another song or not. Whatever. But now we're on this European tour and we're bouncing around character to character. Now we in the states. Now we here. Now we there. Like it was just, it was hard to con- consume. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I don't know. Again, he might win a bunch of awards. I don't know for however it was shot. But like, take us out the committee because nigga, we would bash the shit. Yeah, man. It, it's kind of it's kind of crazy, man. It Wait. really is. What's I'm up, sorry. Guys? No. So you would you you feel like if 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 someone was to ask you. Cause I'm I'm really about to defend this shit, and I don't understand why. Because I don't think the shows are bad. The most unlikely of heroes, <laughs> John. <Demet. laughs> Wait, because I don't think the shows are bad, right? Like, so like I do think 
I think this just doesn't, it's not what the fuck we signed up for. But if it's up for awards and shit like that, you you, you would say like you, you would be on the negative side of it because it's you would be on the negative side and not I just I just wouldn't be a I wouldn't be a voter. I mean, okay. I get it where it's like listening to Kendrick's album right now, right? I love Kendrick. Um, I relate to that content, but for me or you to say it's okay, I'm not gonna throw a pity party over it. Cause I don't expect niggas to be like, all right, cool. You know what I mean? Cause niggas like, I ain't trying to hear about no fucking therapy session. I got my own problems. You feel me? Or I ain't trying to hear about that shit. And I get it. It's subjective. But at this point, yeah. I feel that way about this show. I'm not saying it is fucking garbage, but like niggas, I, feel you. I, can't, I cannot fuck with it. I didn't sign up for that. I want to laugh, nigga. I'm dealing with a lot of shit in the world already. So the fact that I come and give you 30 minutes of my time to sit on my couch and consume this shit. I don't need a teachable moment or to troll white people. <laughs> Yo, I, I love I love this version of Trey. It was just fucking <laughs> fucking. It's very rare, but like I, Trey just. I have a very yeah. I gotta go golfing. I've got a very You wasting my fucking time with this bullshit. Oh man, look! I woke up this morning. It's a lot of shit that just you know. I woke up early this morning to watch F one. The, my goat ain't driving. He ain't performing well. It's just, it's a lot, bro. That's just happening right now. Hey, hey, brother. I just want to tell you, uh, you know, I know we mentioned your fit earlier, but since we went back and said you, you brought up the F1. Hey, I, I'll tell you this, bro. You are a trendy gentleman. You know what I'm saying? Like I, 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 I now look at you on Twitter or on, on Instagram and I go, I see whatever I see what the what the fits are that people are rocking. You had the uh the long coat John on. I said, oh, I, I said, oh, I said, oh, this man is officially like he's he's officially like a fashionable New York person now. Like this ain't no this ain't no nigga from Compton no more. This is definitely a oh, fashionable got, individual. No nigga from Compton I, got no cooked, I got cooked in the group chat, first of all. I woke up slander. They said I had vibes. It was crazy. No, <laughs> I went, no. I went to. Uh, I went to. Uh, I went to. Shouts to TJ and Pops. Right. I went to um, Nigeria. Oh, you went to the, the Nigeria versus Ghana. Yeah, uh, the the real Jalaf. And shouts to Jalaf too. I had never had that before. That shit was very for fun. real. How do, yeah. you, what do you? How do you feel? Um, I didn't get a chance to vote, but I had chicken and um, shrimp. Both were very tasty. Um, good spices, you know what I mean? I mean, you know, I, I ain't a lot of African homies back in Compton. I'm Ethiopian, though, so I got to... Ethiopian <laughs> listeners, tap in with me. You know what I'm saying? Ethiopian <laughs> listeners, tap in with me so I can, I can get familiar with my culture, you feel know I me? Mean? Yo, but, my nigga, my nigga got the <laughs> yo, 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 you you are the nigga that just found out he got like three point five percent something. Yo, tap in with me. I love it. Nah, yo, you know what's crazy? You, yo. you know what's crazy? Shouts to the master. Master actually sent me a twenty three and me back in uh twenty early twenty twenty, and I finally use it. Yeah, bro, I'm seventy percent Ethiopian. Um, but. I still need to tap in my culture. I'm from Eastside Compton first. <laughs> and then, you know, I'm Ethiopian after. But overall, um, yeah, no, it was a great experience, man. They was, they was, they was dueling out, bro. And uh, I was there because it rained that day. I had on a completely different outfit, but I got soaked. So I had to change and I'll put my Oxford tan, Burberry, trench on. And I'm yeah. in there low-key kind of low-key overdressed. You feel me? But I got my shit. I'm walking up, and you know how people, I don't know if you see the new trend where people be like, tell me what you got on. Uh-huh. 
You know what I mean? And they filming you. So this girl come up to me. You know, she's like, oh, I just love your fit. Can I get it? And what's your Instagram? And I'm like, bro, like, I'm really just trying to say what's up to the homie. You feel me? Like, but yeah, this is, you know, I got, you know, she wanted me to tell the price. I couldn't do that because I just, I'm trying to tell on myself. Um, but I told her a little shit on camera. Then I slid and um, I took that picture. And when I took that picture, I looked back at it and niggas just cropped my homie out and just put me and threw me in a group chat and was like, look at this nigga. <laughs> but COVID is still alive and well. So yes, I'm wearing my mask out in public. Um, I had a hoodie on and I had my trench, some jeans and the uh, J kids. Nice. But it's a rainy day fit, Jerv. And I thank you that you think highly of my, my fashion. I'd like to think I'm the best dressed nigga from Compton. Now I've surpassed Kendrick Lamar and YG. But um, yeah, man. Why you just wears red all the time, right? Like, and he's no, wearing, he's, like, a red he's tapped in. He's tapped in a little bit where he's trying to wear this designer stuff, but it just doesn't look good. Like he's wearing like a, a fucking like uh, cardigan with some like shorts that's above his knees and some loafers, and it's just like, nigga, that's a lot, bro. Like I understand niggas getting money, and then Kendrick could wear like some cowboy boots, maybe some designer pants. A crazy ass shirt that has fringe, and then his hair kind of crazy, and it's like, all right. But I don't think he he like on a cold level. Like the niggas don't care. They wear expensive shit, but they also just don't care. Like they like fuck it. I'm outside. I had to. Yeah. I had to be here. <laughs> I, if it was my choice, nigga, I would be on my couch. But I had to be here, so I'm gonna throw something on. That's what them two niggas be moving like. You know what I'm saying? They're disgustingly rich and just have to be out in society every blue moon. <laughs> like that niggas in Ghana. <laughs> with fucking white pants on. <laughs> like yeah. saying, I was like, playing what is people. this? Playing fucking... And that's the funny shit. About, he's a little nigga. That nigga's like 5'5", five, five, but he's athletic. Tiny, he, Kendrick, a nigga who know how to do a backflip. For real, for oh, real. For real? <laughs> yeah. What is it with these rappers that were in gymnastics, man? I mean... Me, I think he's, in, another he's, one. Not in, he's not in, He's not in gymnastics, but like he's just a hood little nigga. Like, he really is a hood little nigga. Like, he fast... Like, Olu from fucking Earth Gang is another one. <laughs> yeah, this is crazy, bro. I mean, Jed was a wide receiver. Where? He little. He was in, in high school. What high school was what? this? Munchkin High School? <laughs> you got to tap in, bro. He was solid. He was solid, I heard. Hold on. Let me, let yeah, me, bro. Let me this in. But yeah, thank you, Jerk, for your compliments, man. I'm glad that I'm I'm impressing you. I feel like anytime I get a compliment in New York City, I'm I'm right there where I need to be, because I consider these niggas the niggas to know how to dress. Hey, bro, they're fashion they're fashion forward here. Hey, listen, just don't, just, least, don't hey, out, least, just don't be coming out. Just don't be out with no fucking Russell Westbrook. No, nah, no, nah, we not we not listen. We not Zest. No Zest. No, no Zest. <laughs> I bet not see your nipples ever on the Instagram. Big tail, right beneath your ass cheek and shit. Hey, listen, yeah. brother. Listen, brother. I'll tell you this now. One, one leather my, glove. My, first of all, no selfies, no puckered lips, no uh, <laughs> no netted shirts. Oh, listen, man. I I will never reach that part of fame ever, my nigga. I had to take a look back. I caught myself questioning Devin Booker for winning um league fits, right? And I was like, damn, who am I saying that he has a bad fit? It wasn't that it was a bad fit, but I just questioned, like, yo, he got too much money to be dressing like he's still from Mississippi. Like, wow. he, had a, he had a chance 
to steal like this nigga said that this nigga Trey said that and instantly grew like a cane in his hand and a top hat. (laughs) Nigga looking like Farnsworth Bentley. This Look, nigga I'm too not, like I said, I'm, like that. Like from, G, from G's to Gents reboot, <laughs> Bruh, He's wearing like a baggy shirt, some baggy pants, and like some chucks, and it's like this shit is back in apparently. I mean, it is. It is. I would see myself in one of those fits, but just how he put it on, whoever styled him, or whoever just gave him the batch of clothes, like it's like, oh, I got some money, and now I'm gonna just go buy some shit that don't fit. If any of y'all, if any of y'all athletes out there, and y'all looking at y'all fits and you're saying, "Yo, my fit do is I trash," do I look crazy? Holla at my man Trayvon, Trayvon. You know what I'm saying? For the right price, he can he can definitely style your fit and, and get you not, right, and you'll be on the I, cover. I will not be styling anybody, bro. Holla, oh, holla man. At. Listen, I do not want nobody looking like me. <laughs> one of one. I li- I- I like listen. I like showing up to the to the situation with my millionaire friends, bro, and and, and being the brokest nigga around, but looking fly. The you know what I mean? Alive. I'm, the, I'm the I'm the I'm the brokest of the group, bro. And I still pull up, you know, put that shit on. Call me, Mister. Put it on. Too funny. All right. Well, on that note. We'll call it a wrap right here. Remember, patreon.com slash count the things. Make sure you're signed up. Make sure you're getting the overflows. We're going to talk We Own This City. Uh, Also, the watch-alongs for the playoffs, for the movies. One of those is coming up pretty soon. All that good shit. For Black Trey, for Big Jerv, I'm Amino Hassan saying stay black, motherfucker.